Welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast. It's been a minute since I've been able to hit you guys with a new podcast, but it's also been a pretty busy month. I worked the Women's US Open, which had a pretty amazing finish by Alem Kim, who birdied the last three holes to take it all. I also just finished watching the CME Group Tour Championship, which was the LPGA's final tournament of the season, and awarded its champion, Jin Young Ko, $1.1 million. Jin Young just came off a second place finish at the Women's US Open, and with the victory, maintained her number one spot at the Rolex rankings. She put on a clinic. She hardly faltered, um, and she just showed how good she is with five birdies on the back nine, and she finished on 18 with a bird, so I, it, it was hard to see anybody else really, really taking it. Um, our girl Se Young Kim came into the day one stroke ahead of Jin Young Ko, but fell back after a few bogeys on the back nine. So overall, I'm really impressed and happy with the attention on women's golf this season. I still think there's a long way to go when it comes to parity and equity in coverage and purse, but we certainly cannot discount the strides that the women's sport made in 2020. Women's golf to the moon. <laughs> so now to today's Ladies of Golf interview. We welcomed Fanny Senison. Fanny is a professional golf caddy and is probably the most decorated female caddy in the sport. She has caddied for Sir Nick Faldo, Henrik Stenson, and Adam Scott, amongst others, in a career that spanned nearly three decades and 750 tournaments. She is known for her incredible preparation and worked with Nick Faldo to win four major championships over nine years. She retired from caddying full-time in 2012, but we've seen her make appearances in more recent years, such as with Henrik Stenson. I really enjoyed her just calm and thoughtful demeanor, and I hope you guys enjoy our conversation. She is, seems to be one of the most um, athletic people I know. She, I love her, like the spectrum of her hobbies, so um, she's, she was great. Um, but I think this will be the last podcast of 2020. I, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I certainly have. Um, I'm definitely ready to get back into events for, for 2021. So keep an eye out for when those are coming. We have one virtual event, January 13th with Five Iron Golf. Um, and, and we do have more events to come. So fingers crossed for the health of everyone this holiday season and moving into 2021. Um, again, thank you guys so much for your support for the ladies has been a blast to work on and it's only so much fun because you guys are so supportive. So with that, um, if you are listening, we would love for you to continue to rate and review us on Apple podcasts, um, follow us on Spotify podcasts, wherever you listen. And I hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. I love golf, so so you just, uh, I'll just go with with the flow. Perfect, perfect. Yep, it's it'll be very easy. So I'll just start from the beginning, though. Um, so I read that you were born into a golfing family, um, and by age fifteen, you know, you were looking to perfect your game by caddying for PGA Tour players. Um, what was what was kind of this fork in the road in which you decided to to continue caddying versus playing professionally, perhaps? Yeah, I was actually going to come uh, and uh, do college golf in the U.S. Sure. Uh, but I but I ended up hurting my knee and I had to take a gap year, and that's why I ended up. I thought, well, I could. I could go out and caddy and uh, learn some more for my own game and uh, also see 
and travel and see Europe at the same time. So uh, if I hadn't hurt my knee, I would have been in, uh, my plan was to go to Texas, to Texas Tech, okay. to Lubbock. That's so fun. And um, I mean, what a what a fun adventure to then be able to travel around Europe. How were those like first few years? Oh, yeah, it was brilliant. It was, uh, it was, uh, all the travel was done pretty much by train. So bought an interrail card and uh, yeah, went by train 30 hours down to Madrid and then back to the UK. And yeah. It was, it was really nice. I mean, it was hard work, but brilliant because I got to see Europe and uh, got to travel that way. And of course, nowadays, it's mostly flights, uh, right. the old terminal <laughs> you can drive to. So it's a little bit different. Yes. Um, and, and then how long was it um, in between when you were began your Cadigan career and when you and Sir Nick Faldo were, were connected? Uh, I caddied for three years on the European tour uh, okay. when Nick asked, asked me. Yeah, I was in Australia with Howard Clark um, and uh, for the Australian Open or Australian Masters. And uh, Nick asked me to work for him. So that was end of 89. So I started with him 90. Yeah. And my first full-time year was 87. So I did the three years. And then, and then I got to work for Nick, which was very cool. Yeah, yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm sure you saw a lot in those first three years and then, you know, your your horizons expanded even more so when you be when you started working for Sir Nick. Yeah, I mean, I got to travel. Obviously, uh, I had been, I carried Fernandes Forsbrand at the NEC uh, at Akron before, but uh-huh. I had traveled uh, all over the world caddying, but but with Nick, obviously, you know, it was more tournaments in the States. I got to go to Augusta. It, you know, it was a big difference. It was more of a world schedule rather than a European tour schedule with maybe the odd tournament here and there. Mm, so it, it was, sure. yeah, a lot of travel and great fun working with Nick. Yeah, yeah. I was watching a video in which you said that in 90, it was your first time seeing Augusta National while, while in the bag for him, and you hadn't even seen it on TV. Can you recall? Yeah. What, yeah. What was that preparation like? And, and did it set some sort of standard for you in the future? Well, I mean, it, it, was, it was magical getting there. I mean, mm-hmm. because obviously I had just heard about the place. It was difficult because... Uh, you know, I, ha- I had to do all my preparation for the course with Nick when we played, and that normally I just walked the course myself. So, okay. so that was a challenge. Um, but, uh, but I mean, it was just brilliant to get to go there, and uh, it was like almost a little bit like a fairy tale. I mean, we ended up winning, obviously, as well. So. I mean, Augusta was, and it still is a special place to me because I think it's it's a fantastic, just the place is magic, but the golf course as well, it's when the greens are firm, then it really shows, you know, you, you have to hit the ball exactly in the right spot. And if you miss a spot by two or three yards, then you really struggle to make, you know, make par sometimes. So it's a real, 
you know, it's a real test of a golf course when it's firm. Sure. And I like that. Yeah, yeah. And did it um, set any sort of, like, I, I've read so much about how you, you are so prepared for every championship. Did, did, that, did that tournament change your process for preparation or did you continue to do what you do? No, I think my way of preparing for tournaments was set. Uh, way before then okay uh, I mean yeah I worked for a player Howard Clark 89 and and he was uh, he was a really he was really precise with his yardages and angles and stuff so I was no I already had my way of doing it so I, I don't think I don't think I changed I mean sure. obviously you develop I mean you develop things all the time don't you through the years you get better and better with things so so all experiences would make me better and make everyone better i think sure, but, sure. Um, um do you have any any uh you know when we talk to players we ask them do you have any superstitions when you play and they always say no 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 i don't have a superstition but i do always keep like three t's in my left pocket <laughs> And it always makes me chuckle because I'm like, well, that is a little bit of a superstition, but I guess I should start to call it a tradition, perhaps. Did you have, yeah, exactly. did you have any like traditions when you were caddying? No, luckily not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it probably would have been hard work if I did, but no, I can't think of, I can't think of anything. I mean, I did, I did the things I did out of or habit or whatever was I always triple like I double or triple check the yardages uh -huh. that was more out of just double checking it once you know before we were ready and then I double checked it when I had the time or I triple checked it I'm sorry when my player was about to you know get into the into the shot then I would triple check it but that was more just to absolutely make sure that I didn't make a mistake. And, sure. and, uh, and I, I didn't give any mysteries for the years I caddied. So, so that, that was good. But um, no, I don't think I was superstitious that way. <laughs> I had uh, <laughs> probably a good job too. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think that's okay. Um, I, I obviously one of the the men that you carry for was Henry Stenson, and I find him to be hilarious. Um, yeah, he is. Are there any moments in in your caddying career that were you know some of the funniest, whether it was on the course or off the course? Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, Henrik is a funny guy. I mean, it was a lot of a lot of uh, just. I mean, he he was great with comments. I mean, I don't, yeah, one-liners. Yeah, yeah, just really funny. Uh, he's one of the funniest guys. I mean, he's hilarious. He really is, and he's a jokester. So, so I had a good time with him. Uh, we um, one, uh, we actually went uh, canoeing at one time. I think Ooh. it was in, yeah, where they had the, oh, what's it called when you can see when there's uh, plankton in the sea that lights up what oh. do you call that i can't oh, remember gosh. yeah that, yeah 
that that was really cool and I'm, i remember i dragged him out we, we were playing the tournament and i said well we got to go and do this and so he joined me and we went out in this group and of course he was playing the next day so we were working the next day and this was when it was dark so when we had seen everything and everyone was going back we went back at a speed of light we, we were quick back uh, from the left the group way behind but uh, no he uh, yeah he's a great guy and, and good fun but, uh, where where was that i think it was puerto rico okay yeah oh that's so fun what a good sport yeah yeah he is he is a great guy he, he, his family and yeah he's really a great guy do we do a junior a... tournament together now. Yeah, where is that based? That's uh, based in this. It's been based uh, in the south of Sweden. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's been being played at uh, Bashabek, uh, and uh, this year we didn't have it, but we're gonna have it back next year. So so that's good. It's good fun. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I mean, I guess talk to me. When did that begin, and and why did why did you guys team up to begin a junior event? Well, I mean, the juniors are the most important thing for golf. They're they're the future. So so to keep keep juniors, you know, enjoying the game. I mean, that's sort of yeah, it's really important, and it's it's giving back. I think, and uh, I had yeah. had a. A lady like a ladies uh, access event on the ladies access tour in Europe I'd had an event and the club was taking a break from it and uh, so I didn't have the event and and then Henrik and I spoke about uh, a few things and and uh, so so he said why don't we do an event and because uh, I had thought of doing a junior event rather than the ladies event and uh, and we yeah we got together and we we started this event and we wanted to be you know learning curve for juniors and uh, we've taken them to play uh, in Nick's event that he's had with the major champions so major champion invitational and we've taken four kids or, or juniors and not kids hmm. but uh, four juniors with us and so that's been really good fun and uh, I think a good learning curve for for someone that might never have traveled to the States. So yeah, sure. we, we try to, yeah, Henrik has a clinic and yeah, it's good. Good fun. I, so to kind of piggyback off that, I mean, this year at the Women's US Open, they had the largest representation of Swedish players and, and multiple Swedish amateurs made the cut. Um, I was just wondering... Yeah. Yeah, how have you seen golf in Sweden evolve over the years? Well, I mean, the girls now, I mean, I know there was 10 players in the US Open, wasn't it? And, yes. and actually one of them, Ingrid, the amateur that played, she actually was one of the winners of our event, Henrik and my tournament. So oh. she was, yeah, she was one of the girls that came to the States. Okay. Uh, I think the first uh, trip we did, so um, so we had her over, and we uh, yeah. So it was fun to follow her, but um, no, I think golf has been big in Sweden, and uh, 
and uh, at the moment the young girls are really really good they got a great group of girls that are, are very good so it'd be interesting to see when a few of them have turned pro and it's going to be a few more obviously you know Lynn Grant and uh, Ingrid yeah. and there's a few quite a few of them yeah I'm always so intrigued because you know in the United States we don't have a national golf team but countries like Canada and Sweden they, they do have really strong national teams and I think that's so special I think that it's, you know, it creates this like sense of camaraderie and friendship and it, it's, I find it so interesting. Yeah, and it, it, it's, uh, it's nice if one of the girls or guys play well, it sort of spurs the others on. Yeah. yeah. I think it's, uh, it's uh, the national team is often very, very good and popular to be playing in, obviously. It's, it's a big, yeah, big honor to be in a team. So, so it's good. Yeah, I, I mean, we've talked about it quite a bit, but you're still very involved in the sport. What, what, do you, what do you find that your days of caddying maybe taught you in these future endeavors? Uh, I, think, um, I think it taught me a lot. Uh, I mean, pretty much, yeah, I, I think I learned so many things, but practical things. Yeah. I think preparation, preparing right I mean I think stress management is interesting mm. because because that's you know nowadays you know there's a lot of good players out and and they might all be able to hit the ball the same uh, and do the same shots as each other pretty much but uh, the trick is to do it under pressure and what happens with you when you're under stress and that's been interesting I think uh, I really enjoy that part. And uh, to me, I mean, to alleviate some of the negative stress, uh, not talking about nerves, because nerves can be good, but to alleviate some of the negative stress can be to be well prepared. And uh, sometimes being well prepared, I mean, preparing for the golf course, you know, if you're caddying or if you're playing, I mean, that's not always the most fun thing to do, but it's right. fun to win, you know, and it's fun to save shots. So, and it's nice not to be too stressed on the golf course. So I've, I think I've learned obviously more things than that, but I think that's one big part of uh, what I learned from sure. caddying. Sure. And, you know, you know, in doing some reading, you, one can see that you, you've taken breaks from caddying and then have, come, you know, returned years later. What is it about caddying that, that you love that, that brings you back? Oh, I mean, it's great to be out on the golf course and to be able to have the chance to help someone, uh, you know, during a tournament. I mean, that's, that's exciting. And, uh, I just love walking, being outside, being on a golf course. So, and caddying, I mean, it, it will always have a, a special, it will be really, really important for me. I mean, I, I'm really, yeah, really enjoy the, the work a caddy does, apart from sometimes carrying the bag, but, but all the other bits is, it's really like being a coach out there. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's yeah it's good it's just nice you seem to have um so many wonderful hobbies kayaking canoeing walking you know do do you still play golf as well 
Yeah, I don't play golf a lot, but I actually did play golf. Uh, I actually played two days ago. I played uh, <laughs> at Falsterbo, yeah, which uh, which is a really, really, really cool and nice golf course in the southern tip of Sweden, and it's a real links course. So, yeah. so that was really nice. But uh, yeah, I don't play as much as I should probably. It's um, I need to play a bit more, and I want to play a bit more. Sure, but sure. it's been more cycling and kayaking than, than playing golf. It's been very, it's been very busy. The, the golf courses have been absolutely so full in Sweden. Forty percent up wow. from uh, last year. Yeah, forty percent up in the, all of Sweden. So I hope it. I hope it maintains. I I love that more people are getting excited about golf. Yeah, I, I I think it will. I mean, it's a Good. great sport, isn't it? Yes, yes, and it's just nice. I love being outside. I mean, I love I love walking. I love just you know seeing people around me enjoying the game. It's it's so fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I'm so in the United States. I do. I have like two questions about advice. So in the United States, there are a lot of young women who are fantastic caddies. And in the US, we have the Evans Scholars Program. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. Yes, yes. What advice would you have for young women who want to caddy on the men's and women's professional tours? Well, I mean, now it's not, it's not as easy, I think, to get out and to get a player. So my advice were to start going to the smaller tournaments and mm. see if you can start caddying there and uh, and get both get some uh, experience on the tour and uh, and also get you know be seen. And you might just get a good player, and and that player will take you you go together to the big tour so that's probably my advice to do do it that way because it's you know it's difficult to come out as if you don't know anyone everyone has their own caddy with them now so right i think that's the way to do it if you're gonna come into the big tours interesting yeah and what are you excited for in 2021 well, uh, obviously, this <laughs> virus going away, but yes. uh, uh, you spend every day talking about it. So uh, that's such an obvious thing to say. So leave that one. But uh, <laughs> I would just, uh, I, I would hope that it's going to be a, a good year for sport, the golf. You know, I'd like to, for myself, I'd like to golf some more. I'd like to see. I'd like to follow some of the exciting golfers that are out there. I mean, and I, I work, I commentate the men's tour. So, so for me, it's, it's the men's tour, but uh, I think Colin Morikawa and Hovland and see what uh, Bryson DeChambeau is going to do. It's, it's going to be an exciting year and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And then just, uh, yeah, just enjoying being outside and cycling a bit more, getting a bit more fit with that. And yeah, it's Love. for me. And um, so on the For the Ladies podcast, we, we ask everyone who joins us, what advice do you have for women who are interested in, in picking up golf and giving it a try? 
Well, I think uh, if you're gonna, first of all, do it. Because <laughs> I think it's, it's, to me, it's the best sport. You can be a five-year-old and you can have, you can have a five-year-old and a 90-year-old and they can play together. I mean, that's not many sports you can do that and you're outside. So, and it's healthy. So I think it's, it's a great sport. So just try it. But I think as, as advice, sometimes if, for women uh, is if you're going to do it and don't take over your husband's clubs uh, to start with, because right. they're probably not fit, fit for you. Uh, rather borrow a club that's more fit for you that where the shaft will be about about the right stiffness and and then when you try it start this is my personal feeling I, I think I think uh, all beginners should start pitching the ball rather than hitting full shots because it's mm. going to be easier to easier to hit the ball more often and you get a good feel for for how far you hit the ball so i think it gives you better short game and also better swing so that's my advice i love that yeah i mean i think most of the time we we all just want to hit the ball really hard with a driver and don't want to spend the time with the shorter clubs (laughs) yeah so i think pitch pitch them just to start pitching and then uh, get up to then it's easier to go up to the full shots i think Okay, yeah. We're, so we're going to start at the green and then work our way back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I think so. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the time. It was so lovely talking to you. And I hope I hope to see you back in the U.S. sometime soon. <laughs> yeah, I hope so too. And thank you. And uh, enjoy your golf. Thank you. Yes, yes. I'm in, I'm in the Southeast. So I actually think I will play over the next few days. Oh, that's nice. Oh, well, have a good weekend and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For the Ladies, visit us at ForTheLadies.net and on Instagram at ForTheLadies. That's F-O-R-E. 